If you had to rate the show, what I like what PG thirteen. PG thirteen? Yeah. Really? We, we don't drop the prescribed amount of f- to be considered R. This is where we'll start. We'll start now, mm. uh, and we will start unsports-related, I, I guess per usual. We kind of do this often, um, but I saw this holiday season as we were all kind of home watching TV that none other than Jeff Dunham, stand-up comedian and ventriloquist Jeff Dunham, uh, is back on the comedy circuit. He has a new stand-up special that was uh, airing on Comedy Central, and... I happened to see this screen grab uh, roll across my timeline, and it's him with one of his play puppet things, and it looks to be some sort of caricature of a young person, a millennial, a Gen Z, something because it has AirPods in, it's got like a beanie on, um, kind of a pouty face. Uh, is that a fair caricature of, of young people now? I don't know. To uh, be honest. This is how I think uh, people of that age see us. See in us. Their okay. This is so, what they're picturing. Yeah, yeah. For it, reference, he's 60. Correct. Regardless, the caption of the joke that, I'm, that I saw on my timeline was, you know, Jeff Dunham. How he does this is he's a ventriloquist. So it's like he's talking to this doll and the doll has a character and a, usually a voice that's semi-funny or whatever. Uh, Jeff Dunham asks the doll, have you done anything with your life so far? Uh, and, and the doll with his AirPods in says, yeah, I have a room full of trophies. Uh, and Jeff Dunham's like, wow, for, for what? And the doll just responds, participating. Womp womp. Like, that's what we're passing off, huh? That's funny. Uh, let him let him not forget that he's the generation who gave out the participation trophy. I just I, <laughs> well, that's that's one point. Yeah, that's um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we didn't ask for it. You just gave it to us. You're the well. I mean, yes. There's that, but I just don't. I, he also has other characters. Like one's an older. Uh, yeah, like, like a crotchy like, old man. I just right? wanted, I wanted to t- go touch on his characters. There, Jeff Dunham is problematic. I don't like him. I can't believe that he's back doing this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, go ahead, Evan. With I'll his say, characters, I owned an MP3 of a Jeff Jeff Dunham show that I was purchased when I was a kid. Okay, purchased for me. Now, were you a fan of his? No, I he just, did take the world by storm. I mean, I just. The iTunes gift cards were so few and far between mm. that sometimes you have to listen to the same crap over sure. and over again. Sure. So did listen to this quite a lot because it was one of five things on my iPad now. Right. iPod Nano. Um, so there's Walter, the old man, Peanut, who is some alien or something. He's from a Micronesian island. Oh, okay. Okay. And then there's Bubba J, who's a redneck. And then this is where we take a problematic turn. 
Uh, Go ahead. Jose Jalapeno on a stick. Yeah, rough one. Yeah. Who has an unmistakable uh, Hispanic accent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have Ahmed the dead terrorist who has an unmistakable Middle Eastern accent. Love it. And a turban and a beard. But he is a skeleton. Um, some of the other problematic ones, Sweet Daddy D, who may or may not Woof. be a pimp from the 90s. Um, and then the rest who gives a crap about what's I now do you do you happen to know what this millennial puppet's name is? No, I didn't get that far. From, I didn't want to go from far. my very small amount of research is that he is debuting on oh, this on his new course. thing. And, and in my entire like modern interpretation of Jeff Dunham is how's he not been canceled? That's what I'm asking, but the funny thing sorry is is that his new comedy special is called still not canceled. It's coming, buddy. So maybe he's playing into it and hoping it happens, but you know, he's not funny much. uh, The comedy circuit has done this a lot where Dave Chappelle has called himself uncancelable. You cannot cancel Dave Chappelle, and he's shown time and time again. People have tried. He's gone after the trans community. He's gone after women like he's gone after a ton of different communities of people, and Mm. he still gets Netflix deals to do more and more stand up on those things. Jeff Dunham might just be playing into that. Uh, The Dave Chappelle one is different because I feel like he uh, he doesn't play on the easy like the surface level things. I mean, Making fun of Michael Jackson and and kids. That's I know that's rough. I know. I know rough pass, but like making a character of a jalapeno on a stick with a and accent, talking about yeah. beans and stuff like <laughs> yeah, not great. Yeah, certainly uh, we can be funny in yeah. the year 2022 without but goading a, a honestly group of people. I, I mean it makes sense because I feel like the people who only watch stand up specials I just don't see a lot of uh, millennial Gen Zers uh, watching stand-up specials. More of like a Gen X boomer kind of thing. I just more or less. And Sydney, I do want to hear your point yeah. on. No, I don't have a point. I was just oh, going to give you the name of. Oh, of the millennial. Millennial. Yeah, keep here. going. Um, I, I did figure that we were past ventriloquism. I always <laughs> think we are, and then. I see on America's Got Talent, we have a ventriloquist in the finale. I, I never understand it. I don't think it's necessarily funny. Um, I think that stand-up comedians that are alone just talking about the you know observations of life are much funnier, mm-hmm. but I really like when comedians shoot back at hecklers. Mm, yes. That's some of the funniest stuff. It's ever. ad-libbed funniness, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. can't predict or you know see that coming. And, and and it's 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 rewarding on both ends because you either have the heckler who's like taking it in stride and right. that's funny, and yep. then you also have the hecklers who don't take it and that's funny too. Right, because then it's all right. Heckling buddy. is win win for the it, comedian. <laughs> it is win win as long as you don't you know assault off, someone yeah, or something. Yeah. it's a win win. Yeah, um, Sydney. The name of that uh, puppet doll is what? U R L Earl. U R L. That sucks. <laughs> that sounds like someone who was 60 years old and was like, what's funny on the internet? URL? Facebook's going to love this. His name is Earl. That's That sucks. You know his old man <sighs> character? Yes. Walter? Yes. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be his grandson. Gotcha. That's all canon. That's mm. at well, least Wikipedia tells at me. At least there's a story. Um, so speaking of people that are growing too big for their britches, I mm. saw 
that there was a game played, a college basketball game played specifically between Syracuse and Bryant University. Two esteemed football. Basketball? Uh, basketball, sorry. <laughs> um, I was looking at a football. Yes, basketball. Um, Syracuse absolutely esteemed Jim Beheim, the coach. Um, but Bryant, you'd probably be saying like, all right, what happened here? Well, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle going on in this game um, with an old friend. Mm. Uh, I, I take you back to last year's March Madness Cinderella story, the St. Peter's Peacocks. You guys who familiar? You, yeah. Who could forget Sydney? A great question. Um, led by none other than the mustachio dashio, Doug Eddard. Do you remember old Dougie? I mean, who wouldn't? He just what a memorable name. And Doug immediately after the run, they lose in the Elite Eight, but he immediately enters the transfer portal. He thinks this is my big chance to go to one of these big schools. He ends up at Bryant. Not the biggest mm. of schools, but certainly better known for sports and athletics than St. Peter's. So he ends up there. Well, last night they played Syracuse, and one Syracuse player uh, was fouled by Doug Eddert or one of his teammates, uh, and he slapped Doug across the face <laughs> in what was kind of a drive-by uh, slap in the face. wasn't too hard, but if you see the video, it, he clearly makes contact with his face, and Doug takes it personally, it does what any New Jersey native would do, and goes over and smashes that guy across the back of the <laughs> head. A brawl breaks out, and a seven-foot center from Syracuse, I'm not sure of his name, but a seven-foot center of Syracuse comes storming at Doug, and he scurries away. Yeah. He starts running away like a baby. What a dumb slap, man. That's <laughs> the, honestly. It was retaliation. I'm not saying it was necessarily, you know, warranted or not warranted, but it happened. It was an amazing thing, and it, it was even funnier to watch him scurry away once a real man showed up to. Uh, to what's What's funny is that like the fight. It like the ref is like absolutely blind to the slap to the first one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But the smack to the back of the head. No, you can't all miss over. that. It's yeah. it's the mistake. Every all eyes are always on Doug Eddard, so uh, you have to you have to just keep your composure there. But uh, mm. like I said, any New Jersey native would do that. Uh, also on the list of people growing too big for their britches, Dejounte Murray. Mm. I have said this uh, a ton, but star players that leave San Antonio are <laughs> unbelievable once they get out of there. I don't know what. Greg Popovich had to do to keep this guy in line, but he's now shooting three pointers. And when the defender turns around to see if the ball goes in or not, he's hitting them on the top of the head <laughs> as, as he runs back on defense. He's, I mean, showboating. He's all sorts of things. And he did this specifically to the Houston Rockets in their last game. Uh, the worst team in the NBA, I may add, and they ended up losing the game. The Rockets came back and they ended up winning the game, which was amazing because the Rockets after, are bad and the Atlanta after Hawks the bop are, on the head. After the bop on the head, mm. the Rockets came storming back. It was amazing. Uh, but DeJounte Murray also growing too big for his britches. And the final one on this list, this name will not ring a bell to anybody. Mm. But Devin Danielson, he is a pit lineman for the 
University of Pittsburgh football team. And if you didn't see what he did last night on the sideline to become our second nominee for wackadoo of the year, mm. I, I implore you to just go watch These the headlines video. are fantastic. He is <laughs> frustrated. Wow, and, the video is, is, is like an art piece. In, in what was <laughs> a blowout of a football game, a blowout of a football game. Pitt is up big. I forget who they were even playing, but they were up big. It was Miami. They're up big against Miami, and this guy gets frustrated at something. I don't know if it was his quarterback or another lineman or missed assignment, something, and he gets a, a little bit too upset, <laughs> and he takes his helmet and smashes it full strength into the frontal lobe of his forehead. I... <laughs> And the best part of the video, in my opinion, is the fact that everybody on the that's sitting on the bench (laughs) seems to know something's about to happen. So all eyes are on Devin Danielson. And when he winds up to smash the front of his head into this helmet, not once, (laughs) not twice, like five times he does it. One, two. It is three. Three. Three times. Yeah. Okay, so three times, but still. <laughs> oh, and I uh, mean, there are three times, though. <laughs> three big. The entire bench cringes in, in just phantom pain of how much that must hurt Devin All at the Danielson. same time, too. And what a kook, man. I, who does that? Any spotters call that? Uh, call, uh, call them down and be like, hey, he needs to get checked out. There is something wrong with that person. <laughs> <laughs> they should not be allowed to hit other humans. Uh, that is not okay. Oh, I can't imagine a, a a football helmet straight to the forehead as hard as you can hit it. Can't feel good. Hey, man, when you're locked in, you're locked in. Is that being locked I in? I think he's a little too locked in. Ask Baker. I mean, scrambled oh, yeah. eggs for Brett. Yeah, he's also a nominee for wackadoo of the year after headbutting his teammates without a helmet uh, and all of his teammates had a helmet, but I think that one he's like hitting them semi in the face mask, right? This is the hardest part of the helmet and he's putting it mm. straight into the middle of his forehead mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as hard as he can three times in a row remind reminding you that this is also the same school that had uh, defensive linemen peeing their pants while wearing gold pants mid game. No better so maybe, color, right? So uh, not when it's tinted. Oh, okay. Here. Well, um, so maybe there's something wrong with them um, with, with University Pitt. of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not a great day to have brought this. Oh, mm. a nice Pitt sweatshirt. Nice. Yeah. Also, Pitt has really leaned into the Aaron Donald colorway. They have. They their whole rebrand is like basically just yeah. Aaron Donald's. Well, uh, like Kenny Pickett's not going to save us. So, well, that's true. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. He but, tried to. Um, speaking of football, I think. Probably the biggest story past the Thanksgiving games, which we will talk about, um, was the story of Jerry Jones. I'm not sure that it was Dan Snyder of the uh, Washington Commanders who leaked this photo or leaked this story or or what have you, Um, but a photo from 1957 of a 14-year-old sophomore Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, outside his high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, blocking the path of six African-American 
students trying to desegregate the school in 1957 has surfaced this this week and just controversy surrounding it uh, and and what it means and Jerry Jones himself has responded to it saying you know I was just there to watch it wasn't necessarily you know a hate crime or any sort of you know but just the image of someone now who's worth 11 billion dollars and owns the most valuable sports franchise in America being a person that also participated whether watching or or you know instigating uh the d like the anti desegregation of schools it is a stark thing to be confronted with and uh, uh, go ahead Evan, I was say, it's just completely unsurprising to me it makes sense uh i don't know jerry jones just seems like a terrible human being he made his he made his millions off of like leasing land to people in arkansas and then mm-hmm. drilling oil in said land um he also took millions of dollars from people for business ventures and yeah. failed he also uh got any sort of business prowess because he had a father who worked in the insurance company right so i don't know he's he's uh, he's lived off the backs of people that he's uh paid in quotes correct for his entire career so it's unsurprising that he has a a, a, a root of hate in and, him <laughs> and certainly the fact that he's you know a white person that grew up in arkansas you know southern state mm. in america i'm sure that this is i guess as you say no surprise to anybody seeing it but just to actually be able to see yeah. it in in a picture format um, and, and now hearing the side of the story of one of the black students that came out and said, yeah, that was a rough day for us because they were, I guess, the white students blocking the door were eventually successful. Those six students did not gain entrance into that high school, mm. uh, at least that day, and it rings familiarity with the Little Rock Nine, the famous students who tried to desegregate um, Little Rock High, a different high school than this one, but that whole historical context is is very interesting. Um, I want you to hear what Stephen A. Smith said about it because did you hear what he said about it? No, I saw the headline okay. of it, Sydney, but I did, did not you hear see what he said. No, not yet. Okay. I'm pretty pissed off. And let me say this. <clears throat> I'm pissed off, but not for reasons that people would think. I'm very, very fond of Jerry Jones, and I'm not hiding that from anybody. Is his record perfect? No. But I'm pissed off because he doesn't deserve what just happened. He doesn't deserve it. One report, our report, said he was 14 years old. Another report said he was 15 years old. At minimum, that's 65 years ago. You're going to bring up a picture of Jerry Jones standing at this protest. No question what was happening is not something that anybody as a black person should be appreciative about. We had six students at that particular North Little Rock High School that was trying to desegregate the school. No one should it was, be okay it, with it, it. Nobody should be okay with that. Regardless of We race. understand that. We get all of that. We also understand what we as black people and as black folks, black men have to deal with. And by the way, to some degree, we still deal with a lot of things and we all know it. Mm-hmm. Racism is alive and well. Bigotry and prejudice is alive and well. We get all of that. 
But you're going to bring up a photo of him yeah. when he was 14, 15 years old, 65 or 66 years ago. We This is... This is where cancer culture gets into the mix. And you're making an attempt to eradicate him, what he stands for, and all he has done. And by the way, I don't have a problem with the photo. I don't have a problem. If he was 30, 35, 40 years old, that's different. Right. 14, 15 years old. 14, 15 years old. Right. But we're going to lean on somebody when he was 14, born and raised in the South, and we're going to pick it up. 66 years later to say, you know something? Yeah. You ain't hire a black coach. I think that's pretty low. I really, really do. I think that's I think that part is pretty low. If he were an adult, yeah. that would be different. But a 14, 15-year-old yeah. kid raised in the South who literally is just standing there yeah. looking, and we use that to bring up in the year 2022. Oh, this is where you are. You got to explain this. You ready to explain what you did when you were 14? So after hearing that, I guess the question is, does the length of time between the events matter in this case? Um, Depends on if you've changed your... That's true. I was as surprised to hear that come from Stephen A. Smith, a guy who's made a career out of antagonizing Cowboys fans, Mm -hmm. antagonizing that franchise specifically, um, I would think he would take the second to dunk on somebody like that, Uh, but he obviously didn't. He he turns the other cheek and just says, you know, it's unfair what we are doing to Jerry Jones, which is just that we're questioning his morals, um, and and the like, but when you look at it in context, they haven't had, I mean, like, he's in a unique position, right? Jerry Jones is in a unique position. He owns the most expensive franchise in the NFL. He could put somebody, uh, you know, black in power if he wanted to. He could give a black head coach a try. He could give a black coordinator a try. The Dallas Cowboys haven't had a black coordinator uh, since 2008, and they've only ever had two under the 33 years Jerry Jones has been the owner. So he's in a unique position here. But does the length of time between 1957 and now matter in this case? Um, yeah, I think the, uh, the real question is, uh, does he still hold those values? Which statistically, someone of his age and of his wealth and of his uh, geolocation, I would say statistically, it's higher chance that he still holds those values. Uh, so again, that's why I'm unsurprised. I am surprised at Stephen A's. I understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. that this was a long time ago, but there's probably more evidence that Jerry Jones is still like that somewhere Right. that happened in the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> he he's doing the the innocent until proven guilty which and Jerry Jones said in his statement like he was just there to watch he wasn't trying to antagonize the students himself but he just you know was curious but there also was a clip of his coach his high school football coach had said hey listen i know this is happening tomorrow and if any of you players are there you're going to be off the team and Jerry Jones knowing that still went to like see 
you know, and I think I've been taught my entire life that bystanders uh, have just as much responsibility as the as the bully does, right? In the situation, have you guys sure. been taught that yes. as well? Um, I, I guess why does that change in this in this context? Not to say that he'd be like, "Hey, everybody, stop doing," it, you know what I mean? But like to just say, "Hey, I just want to watch to see what happens." I guess it's literally just to have a have an optimistic outlook on humanity that he has made the change. You know, you know what I mean? He's giving Jerry the affordance to say that he has changed. Right. Because Stephen A is optimistic about the human race. Do you think it's <laughs> I mean, I the first time I saw that I was shocked because Stephen A Smith has done so much uh to get, you know, he he uh, did a first take episode this year from an HBCU. Um, he's done a lot for his community. Mm. And to hear this specific event uh, not kind of grind his gears and almost grind his gears the other way to say, how dare you go after a guy after 60 years? Um, it was kind of shocking to me. I don't know. Were you surprised to, to hear it that way? I don't know. It's a, it's a sticky situation. Absolutely. And uh, but Stephen A recently has been like I feel like his takes have been not the typical Stephen A takes. Mm-hmm. He might be diversifying his brand. Um, but no, yet yeah, it is it is disheartening to see him not not uh, support the community he's supported in the past. Right. Yeah. Like, and I guess it's not directly not supporting it, but it's just I don't know. I was just surprised to hear it from him. Of I all mean, people. Yeah, I do think it's kind of surprising coming from him, but there is something to, like, we can't get nitpicky about that kind of stuff. Like, right. I mean, it's it's low-hanging fruit with Jerry Jones is the truth. He's kind of, he's not yeah. exactly a great person anyways, but, like, um, I, I feel like you have to give people the opportunity to grow and change, and if you're going to hold against them every dumb thing that they've ever done, that's when people get frustrated, and that's when they dig their heels harder into crappy opinions mm-hmm. and shitty beliefs. Um, so I don't know. I kind of agree that there's some merit to, I mean, it's 65 years ago, but that being said, Jerry Jones, have you done anything to demonstrate that you believe otherwise now? Exactly. Right. Like, have you done anything to kind of offset your contribution then? Yeah. I mean, and has he? Maybe. <laughs> I, I, none that I'm aware of. Uh, yeah, like none that I can say, oh, yes. Which is a- why, like, and- Stephen A's point is well taken in that regard, but that's the thing. Like, that's right. the other side of it, in my opinion, is, okay, that's fine. Leave that in the past. But what has he done to prove to you that he doesn't still believe that? And right. what has he done to offset his impact at that time now? Right. As far as I can see, nothing. So mm. go go get him. <laughs> so get get him out of there. I just, I don't know. I, the optics of somebody who's worth $11, $11 billion. Uh, being that's where he came from and that's where you know yeah it's it's tough it's a tough look uh going into what actually happened on thanksgiving uh there were touchdown controversies almost every game uh <laughs> the first of which was cowboys giants ironically enough um where cd lamb had both feet down in the back of the end zone he has control of the football and his heel comes down after both toes are down uh, and the heel comes down out of bounds. So that was ruled out of bounds and an incomplete pass. I don't I, like I get that if you're I don't know that doesn't make sense to me like 
I'm trying. I'm reading through your note here. So you have to have a whole foot down unless it's only your toes. So if any part of your foot comes down out of bounds after your toes are down, that would count as you being out of bounds. Correct. But if you just keep your toes down and drag and nothing else hits the Correct. ground until the rest of your body hits well, the ground. Well, think about like a sideline catch, right? You right. have your toe, the tip of your toes on the ground right. in bounds, but the entire rest of your body is hovering right. over out of bounds. So as long as you maintain control of that catch as you fall out of bounds, that's a completed catch. Right, but the rest of your foot never touches the ground. So if for it's, some reason... If it's the opposite where you have both of your toes in bounds... And your heels are hovering out of bounds. As soon as your heel comes down out of bounds, that is no longer a catch. How is that? How does that make any sense? That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. <laughs> so especially in the end zone where as long as you have control of the ball across the plane, that is a touchdown no matter what happens after that. Except when it does matter in this case and the next one. Because the next <laughs> touchdown controversy was one that I was infuriated by mm. Hunter Henry tight end for the New England Patriots against the Vikings makes a catch turns towards the goal line which I constitute as a football move okay crosses the goal line with control of the ball inbounds across the plane that's a touchdown but as he's falling to the ground the ball jostles in his arms a little bit so it just kind of you know I guess it's not loose but it's not totally, totally secure, secure. Sure. he repossesses the ball while on the ground without the ball touching the ground completely in bounds and the pass was ruled incomplete. Follow me back to 2017. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Zach Ertz catches the game winning touchdown. Yeah. And he turns right. He he's mid dive who then uses the ball to then touch the ground first rolls over loses possession recatches mm-hmm. it. Without the what that the ball was touching the ground. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Touchdown. So by that logic, I would say yours was touchdown too. Right. Like you can call that it, you know, was a catch, a jostling, and then a repossess. And he was down probably by contact at that point at the half yard line. I'd sure. say. Um, but what confused me is why they called it incomplete. Yeah, that makes no sense. Because he catches it completion. He jostles it. Fumble? Is that the fumble then? He repossesses it. Now control again, down by contact. I don't know where that becomes incomplete. Mm. Yeah, they tried to argue that he just never really had control over it. But, I mean, you watched. Did he they, had then, control. Did they review he did. it? Oh, they reviewed it a lot because they called it a touchdown. And every scoring play gets reviewed. Yeah. So they reviewed it and said, mm, that ball was jostling, but the ball never hit the ground. So as long as I'm bobbling it, if I walk yeah. the ball down the field while I'm bobbling it and it never touches the ground and I walk into the end zone, that's not a touchdown. Correct. I, the, <laughs> my bigger point in all of these explaining is I don't know what the NFL is going to do about this because they have this problem where 90% of the people watching the game think they know the rules and then something like this happens on a day where all eyes are on the NFL. 42 million people watched the Cowboys-Giants game. It's the biggest NFL game audience they've had all year. It's, I believe it was like one of the biggest ever. Yeah, I think it was the most watched Thanksgiving game in history. Yes. The so, Giants-Cowboys game was the most watched regular season football game. Thank you. So She's too cancerous. <laughs> franchises, yeah, including really, myself. Really representing the country there. <laughs> I actually didn't watch much of that game because I was eating. 
But you have all eyes on the NFL this one day a year, right? It's this in the Super Bowl. Mm. And you have two plays where we don't know what's a catch, what's not a catch. He has possession. He's inbounds. He, his heel comes down. Now he's out of bounds. But if he was turned the opposite way, that's a catch. I, I, that one makes no sense. I mean, truly neither of them do. But that one especially, I can't wrap my head around. Because if he never brought his heel down, which almost would be impossible, he would have had a touchdown there. It's, it's a wild thing that we have gone this far with still not knowing what is I, a catch I, and, and what's not. And I feel like not. we say this every year, but officiating is like, like, it just feels like they have no handle on the game. They have no handle. They have no eyes. And again, it's just year after year after year. Things have to be reviewable and challengeable. Sure. I like we should be able to ch- coaches should be able to challenge no calls or calls mm-hmm. and just put a limit on penalties because right. I know people be like, oh, what are we going to challenge everything then? It's like, well, yeah, like well, I think you have X amount of challenges or at least have somebody in the in the in the sky in New York or right. LA to be watching everything be like, hey, you missed this. See, but that's not it's not an instant thing. We just had this instant a couple weeks ago with the Vikings and Bills where Gabe Davis came out of bounds, yeah. jostled the ball. That should have been an incomplete pass. Everyone on you know watching is like, ooh, that's incomplete. But because the Bills were in such a rush, the refs didn't have time to step in to hear from New York. So then, oh, that play just goes as called. Okay, well, they, then they should have an officiating booth like at every game and what needs they to have, have the ability to do that what needs to have happen is you need to be able to challenge inside two minutes first of all sure mm-hmm. you need to be able to challenge uh it, I, I like how they do review all scoring plays yeah. because those are the most important plays yeah they should be reviewed um i like that but the catch rule needs to be solidified it it just mm-hmm. i think it's okay as it is right now but things like this slip through the cracks and you're like, well, what is a touchdown? And right. is it truly gray area. is is the only, uh, you know, justification for a touchdown if you possess the ball over the goal line? Those are the only two. So anything that happens after that, unless you're falling down or unless you're on the sideline, unless there's like all of these different conditionals or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they made they made the break the plane rule so blatant. And right. One step kind right. of thing. One qualifier but they haven't done that anywhere else. Correct. They just need some sort of instant qualifier for a catch. Like, right. You do this. doesn't matter what happens after it is a catch. It's the reason of like, if a quarterback gets the ball and hops the line, right. And just extends the ball over the goal line. Yeah. If the linebacker punches that ball out, it doesn't matter because he's already over the goal line with possession of the ball. That's a touchdown. What's the difference between that and what Hunter Henry did? Nothing. Exactly. So I, that's where I'm. The NFL needs to figure this catch thing out. They're not going to. I know they're not. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they, Des Bryant, the NFC Championship game doesn't change something. I, yeah, and then I like, don't the, know the reviewable well. stuff's not going to happen. Look what happened to the Saints. They were like, right. "Oh, you can review pass interference calls," and they go, like, "Oh no, no, you can't. Never right. mind." Like, yeah, that six was games into it, unbelievable. But anyway, uh, after the break, we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in the NBA. Not all good. And maybe we'll get a little World Cup update. Who knows? Mm. That time of year again. Leaves are falling and winter's calling. You don't want to be out in the elements doing yard work this year. Did you know 
Your favorite robotic lawnmower has fall and winter attachments to keep you inside and warm during these cold months. Try the new Groomba Rake and Roll system. Their patented leaf detection algorithm finds all the fallen leaves in your yards, leaving no spot untouched, guaranteed. Once the leaves are collected, they're rolled into a bale for you to easily remove. Pair this with the ever-popular Groomba Snowblade, and your yard, sidewalk, and driveway will be clean all year long. Both the Rake and Roll and the Snowblade systems are available for the first time in the Groomba Fall and Winter Bundle, exclusively sold at Home Improvement Haven. Tell them Evan from the Retro Water Boys sent you. Now for your headline huddle. Friend of the show, Matt Rule, has signed an eight-year contract with Nebraska to become their next head coach. Rule was fired by the Panthers in October after starting the season with four losses in the first five games of the year. Nebraska's coming off of six consecutive losing seasons and is hoping that Rule's experience can turn the program around. For your Waterboy World Cup date, the group stage is well underway with games continuing through this week. The U.S. has ended both of their matches in a draw and will need to win their final match against Iran to make it through to the next stage. Iran lost their first match 6-2 against England, but bested Wales 2-0 on Friday. The knockout stage kicks off on Saturday, December 3rd. And finally, a California dog named Gino has been named the oldest living dog by Guinness World Records after the canine was confirmed to be over 22 years old. Gino's owner attributes his good health to a balanced diet, good veterinary care, and his zest for life. Back to you, Evan and Silas. Zest for life. Um... So you guys want to hear something funny? Uh, is it about anything in the headlight tunnel? Yeah, it's about the World Cup. Okay. So I, have a, I have a funny Matt Rule thing, too. The U.S. ended both of their matches in a draw, mm-hmm. right? Hell uh, yeah. So they won one tie and a 0-0 tie. Nil-nil, if you will. Uh, I read a funny tweet last night. CONCACAF, which is yeah. the, I guess, f- founding body of North American, Latin American... Um, Soccer, which get autom- a certain amount of automatic qualifying bids to the World Cup every year. Um, there have been six matches with CONCACAF teams in them. A grand total of one goal has been scored by them. I saw that. That is unreal. Nice. Quality football. Quality. I believe now since Costa Rica and Canada have gotten on the board. So now it's three. Mm. Um, that's still not better. Costa Rica. Am Costa I reading that, this right? That Costa Rica lost seven nothing in a in a match. Um, Is that real? But anyway, really good representation from uh, the North and Central America. <laughs> Speaking of uh, good representation from North Eastern America, the, yes, yeah. Uh, Matt Rule. I just want the Nebraska the Nebraska fans that listen to this show. I just want to give you a heads up on what you're getting as a reminder because um, I didn't realize how long that contract was. The Panthers one or no, the Nebraska, Nebraska eight year one, contract. eight years. Yeah. Okay, so in Temple uh, in 2015 rule signed a four year extension. He left a year later. Okay, went to Baylor to which he signed a seven year contract. Yes, which he then left four years later. Okay. Then he signed another seven-year contract mm-hmm. with the Panthers. Yeah. So he left two years later. 
So, well, he's fired two years later. Yeah. Uh, and now he signs this eight-year contract. Nebraska, you're going to be looking for head coach in two years, man. Three years? Yeah, I'm getting two, three I years, just, maybe. Come on, dude. Live out your contracts. Nebraska, he's getting paid millions. Nebraska has been looking for a long time for a coach to turn this program around from where it was when Indomitian right? Sue yeah. was, you know, a threat in the Big Ten to now where it is, which is it's kind of a game everybody looks over because what's Nebraska going to do, right? Yeah, and I mean just and it's all they have really. I mean when you we, we talk a lot about college sports and how yep. it offers markets that don't normally have professional sports. This is the closest thing Nebraska has true, to professional true. sports uh, and th- being so disappointing all the time uh, is is growing weary for these Nebraska fans. So this at least is something to I don't know. It, well, I hope Matt Rule's not. Great. I was gonna say I hope they love being a 500 team because his career record in the NCAA is 47 and 43, just over 500. But not great. His NFL record is 11 and 27, and his bowl game record is one and three. That's assuming so, Nebraska even gets to one. Penn of State's bowls. finest, Matt Rule. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are you guys following the World Cup a bunch or? Uh, I'm not going to follow until the elimination tournament. That's kind of how I feel. The, the knockout stage is way more exciting than the group stage, uh, especially when you get like five days between games. Like yeah. the U.S. played when Thursday. They played Thursday. No, no, they no, don't no, play no. again until Tuesday. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was looking because I didn't want to necessarily talk about the World Cup if by the time this airs, it's going to be irrelevant, but. They're going to play the day that this airs, so yeah. it's going to matter. Uh, they're in a win and in situation. They play Iran. Uh, surprising win for Iran over Wales, like you said, and then they lost to England. We've drawn against both of those teams, so take that as as you know what it is. But I don't see things going well for the United States here. I think that they are more likely than not going to either draw or lose um, just because Iran is scored mm-hmm. and the U.S. has only scored once. They've only scored four times, though, and they've let the most goals against them. That is, well, they've let, they lost six to two in the first game, but yeah, that's fine. That business, it's open. The doors are open. They've scored four more or excuse me, four times the goals the U.S. has. Yeah, but we've only given up one. Okay, I, I guess, yeah. I'm just saying, defense I, wins championships. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know what's crazy? Yeah. You know how barren this first stage feels right now? This is the last time it's going to be 32 teams. The next one is going to be 48 teams. Do you think they keep the same schedule? Oh because it, it, we are at, we is are it going to be watchable? We are in a stage right now, right, with... What'd you say? Uh, 32 teams. 32 teams. So there's eight groups of four. There's four games a day. Mm. Four. I don't know if that's specifically a this World Cup thing because they don't have enough stadiums in the host country or what, but I'm going to say we're next. So uh, we would have plenty of stadiums. It's the the three countries. It's Canada, US, and Mexico host the next one together. So that seems like plenty. of. We have plenty of venues to play at. So Four games a day, that's got to be ramped up. We, I mean, we got a 10 to 12 games a day. It's got to be March Madness-like <laughs> oh, efficiency here. Absolutely. Because you can't keep my attention 
for this long when each game is going to be 120 minutes of a bunch of guys kicking the ball around and nothing happens. We could have 16 games happening at the same time. There are 16 stadiums that have been selected. So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I want like, all right, we're kicking off at 1 o'clock, 120, 140, 2 o'clock, <laughs> 220. Why like, not? Come on. Why not? Give me that. Right, because right now we have, okay, we played Monday, we played Friday, and we're playing again on Tuesday. Right. I don't care. You've completely lost me. You've lost me. And and once we get to the knockout stage where it's really, hey, this is going to be it. And this is also a World Cup thing. They don't do much of, you know, the extra time and and the penalty kicks on these games that really don't matter because if it's going to end in a draw, it's going to end in a draw. I hate that. uh, I need winners and losers. I, I agree. I agree. And you'll get them in the knockout stage, but it's tough to keep people engaged, especially in a sport that is trying to actively grow Right. Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. If they get in, I'm sure people will go crazy. If you know they don't get in, it'll be kind of back yeah. to normal. It's not looking good for me. Uh, I root for Germany in the U.S. and Germany lost to Japan in an upset. Yeah. So is what it is. What team? There have been a couple hear, of those. What country? When you hear somebody's rooting for, are you most like, uh, like, um, biggest bandwagon? I have an answer. The U.S. I mean, Mm-mm. oh, mm. Brazil. Really? Okay. Yep. So Brazil's one. Spain's another. Mm. I kind of roll my eyes. Um, it's 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 the teams that when you go to a flea market, mm. they have yep. knockoff jerseys, right? Yep. So throw Italy in there too. Oh, interesting. Italy. Yeah. No, I don't know. I try to. I, I saw that. Uh, Germany's probably one, but Saudi Arabia. Their soccer team had the upset of the tournament so far against Argentina. Um, Argentina. There you go. That's another good one. You know, Messi. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But uh, at, right after that, Argentina just won their next match, and Saudi Arabia got shut out by Poland. So Yikes. back to normal for those two. <laughs> uh, moving from a sport that we're being introduced to to a sport that needs no introduction, the NBA. <laughs> Can you introduce the NBA to me? Yes, uh, it's a big round orange ball. We bounce it around. Put it in a peach basket. The NBA regular season trudges along, and I I truly think that the NBA is in trouble. Um, and that's how I'll preface what I'm about to say. But um, stars, you know, your star players, they're either hurt or resting this year. Uh, and it seems like no matter what game you're watching, you're watching a subpar product. It's not the you know, those regular season games you look for. Um, and, and all the while you have like news that doesn't matter. I keep getting inundated <laughs> on my on my timeline of Lakers have won five of six. The Lakers are f- seven and 11. They're who not cares? a good team. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, they've won five of six. I don't care. Russell Westbrook was bleeding profusely from the head. I, what's that going to do? I, they're seven and 11. This is not a good team. Uh, you know, the Spurs, at least. I say they beat the Spurs twice, yeah. three times, and the Pistons. Like, the, come on. The Spurs have have just beautifully about-faced because they started this, the year, I think, 6-4. and four. Since then, they're 0-11. They're 6-15. and 15. So uh, we're back on track there. The yeah, Sixers are all high. hurt. I'm having a real struggle getting into NBA regular season, especially when I don't know that the star players are going to be playing for the teams mm. like I don't know when uh, the Warriors are playing the Celtics if Steph and Clay 
and Draymond and Jason Tatum are all going to be playing. I don't know. You might get like two of them, but you're not going to get all four. Um, but when you look at the NBA and how they've gone with player empowerment and it's, it's a player's first league. This is no longer the Chicago Bulls team. It is no longer the San Antonio Spurs team dynasties. It's here's the players. You have LeBron James. You have Giannis. You have KD. You got Luka. You got Ja mm-hmm. Morant. You got Steph Curry. Like those That's guys true. are the product. It is no longer the Warriors. It is Steph Curry. It's no longer the Dallas Mavericks. It's Luka Doncic. And it's how they marketed the sport, but it's increasingly becoming a player entitlement rather than player empowerment uh, because you have one of the biggest stars in your sport throwing a ladder in what looked like a juvenile (laughs) tantrum in Philadelphia uh, while other people are getting into beefs on Twitter. uh, All the while, you're having hate speech spewing from one of the biggest stars of your sport. So I think the NBA is at a real interesting spot here. Crossroads. Because it is either we continue with this, which I don't think is like garnering people's respect for the sport. Uh, I don't think people see what happened with Giannis and Kyrie and say, hmm, that's a, that's a good organization to throw my money at. <laughs> I, I want to you know, get behind that. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the the, the like the team dis- the team value disappearing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was reading an article about someone who was talking about how how the the changing of basketball uniforms have coincided with mm-hmm. teams being less important, right? And you notice that most jerseys have nothing to do with the like the mascot. Like, when's the last right. time you saw a dinosaur on a on a Raptors jersey? Right. When's the last time you saw a warrior? Right. on a Warriors jersey and it they were they were proposing that the NBA is trying to eliminate this so it's just market player market player pairings right. correct and eventually I mean it's well, hypothetical it, eventually it'll just be like welcome to the Joel Embiid plays right. in Philadelphia show right like, yeah exactly no and, longer the 76ers and right. it is you know more relevant than ever when we were talking about those city edition jerseys yeah. The reason they're doing that is so that you can own several Steph Curry jerseys. Yeah, they're doing this so you can own several Luka Doncic jerseys um, because they're changing them so often. Not because they want to know that you're a Mavs fan or they want you to know that you're a Sixers fan. They just want you to say, "Hey, spend more money on the player you love so much." Yep. Right. Like LeBron James, I can't tell you how many jerseys that guy's worn over his career. And if you had every single LeBron James jersey, you'd have. A closet full. <laughs> 40 jerseys that he's worn over his career. So that mixed with now we have players who, who are saying whatever the hell they want, uh, regardless of the consequences, regardless of um, the implications that it, that it has. Uh, it's, it's a dangerous place. And I don't know that the expansion teams that they're proposing or, uh, you know, going international or any of these proposals that they're saying right now are going to help fix the problem. Nobody's going to care about a midseason tournament. Yeah, including Absolutely the players. Not. I won't care. Like including the players, because right now you have we're playing eighty-two games in a season. Okay, Joel Embiid might be out there for sixty of them. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, James Harden might be out there for 50 of them. Uh, we're getting to a point now where they will only play the games that are important to them where they feel 100%. And I don't know if changing the amount of games is what we need to do or what, but this starting of like resting and, you know, superstars playing when they want to rather than when they have to, uh, it's it's dangerous for the NBA, and I don't know how they change that. Hmm. Certainly not a midseason tournament. I, I, I love the WNBA, but I still think it's stupid. You love the WNBA? Yeah, because they have that midseason Commissioner's Cup. Well, like, they do. I mean, it's it's fine. But the WNBA, every game matters, right? Yeah. Like, we've... How many games do they play a year? The WNBA? Yeah. 18, 30, something like that. Somewhere in that range. Um, but the NBA plays 82, which dilutes the product, right? 36. And 36, okay. So we've gotten less than half of the games. And Becky Hammond, the coach of the Aces, mm -hmm. has said it a couple times because they said, do you feel like you've taken a step backwards from going from assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs at the NBA level to head coach of a WNBA team? And she's like, what's there to step back from? I get more time. I enjoy the players more because I relate to them. I was a WNBA player. Mm -hmm. um, you know, We're at an all-time high for viewership and fandom. What's there to step back? She's like, this is the best move I could have ever made in my career. I get yeah. all my time back. Yeah, and it's the best basketball that the WNBA has ever seen in their history. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The best players they've ever had. So I don't know that, you know, if it was a 50-game season, was that, you know, because I thought the implementation of the play-in made teams, at least down the stretch, a little bit more interested because hey, you could be the 10th best team in your conference and still technically make the playoffs, right? And I say the same thing with, with baseball. The more teams that are involved later in the year, the better. Yeah, because the more incentive there is with to play, right? 162 games, how do you keep people engaged that long? Well, you yeah. put more teams in the playoffs, make I, it matter. And I know that the, the like is like, oh, were well, you just making it easier to get in the playoffs? I'm like, what's wrong with having games that matter? I, I'll, never under, I'll never understand the argument for not having more games that matter. Yeah. And it's easier to market that way, and I think you can grow fandoms that way, but I don't know that the NBA is looking to grow fandoms anymore rather than um, looking grow to grow player fans. Right. Exactly. And ego Merchandise sales, really, more than anything. Right. Yeah. So. Nothing sells things like playoff gear, though. That being Look said. Look at the Phillies. That being said, I can't tell you the last time I watched NBA basketball. Like the Basketball okay. doesn't start until February. What are you talking that's, about? There's no basketball see, That's happening. what I'm talking about. Like that's <laughs> that mentality of the games that matter aren't, you know. How many games would you lose if you didn't play any until like January? Like 40? Yeah. 30, 40, somewhere in there. Okay. Like post All-Star break is when things really ramp up, but I don't it's know. Like baseball. It is. Well, baseball's like April but, and then nothing. Right. And then September. But even the teams that like the team that made the World Series this year was the last team to make the playoffs. Yeah. That there's something to be said for that. And it's not, oh, we shouldn't have let them in the playoffs. Should have let the Dodgers just, you know, get in or the Cardinals, whatever. Well, so. I think, yeah, they probably have the same problem. Like you, I don't know. I don't it's worry. like, why have a postseason anyway? Like if you're going to make that argument of like, oh, you shouldn't let the last team play. And it's like, okay, 
then just do it by seeding, and that's well, who went one sorry. one in single finals, like in baseball, Dodgers versus uh the Yankees or whoever, right? Like or the Astros, and just like let them play one game, just call it that. Like now, I proposed we were talking about this a little bit at work, and I had proposed, you know, maybe you have some sort of IL, right? So for something in in the realm of Joel Embiid, he's hurt. Tyrese Maxey, he's hurt. Those people go on an IL for a certain amount of time, um, and they are ineligible to play. But if this is just, hey, he has back soreness, he's going to be out a night, give them three. You get three games a year to just say, hey, I don't feel it tonight. I'm, I'm going to sit out. But after those three, you're contractually ob- obligated to play. But then you become, oh, is this... Are we forced to do this? Well, you're getting paid a lot to do it, so <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because that, I mean, and I understand the irony of me being a Spurs fan. The Spurs started this. I, I want to be very clear. The Spurs <laughs> were the first people to do this because Greg Popovich didn't like that whenever we had to play the Lakers in prime time, it was Kobe against Tim Duncan, and he's like, no, it's not. Tim Duncan's uh, resting tonight so that he could be fresh for the playoffs when the Lakers did play the Spurs and they didn't see Tim Duncan in the regular season. And now, boom, you gain an advantage and you get past him in the playoffs. So the Spurs started this trend. Don't get me wrong. Um, But they started it, but Tim Duncan would still play 78 games, right? He might rest four out of the... Four strategic rests. Correct. And it would be the (laughs) ones that were nationally broadcasted. It would be the ESPN games, the TNT games, but they would still do it and he would still play 70 something games. So I don't know. That's what I suggested. Um, I'd love to know what other people think. But anyway, (laughs) keep thinking you're going to jump in and you don't. I I like making the awkward silence. No, I I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's I, I, all right. I, well, great. no, no. I just after I, the you break, sprung this on me. Like I haven't had time to process it and think about it. Well, that's the, yeah. You know, I keep this talking. A, I know. Process on the fly, right? I know. Ask me questions, man. Get me thinking. <laughs> after the break, you got to put a coin in oh me to God, get an answer. Get out of here. We needed to end this segment <laughs> five minutes ago. I know. I know. After the Sorry. break, uh, we will update some of the polls because we haven't done that in a while. Hey guys. Silas here from the Retro Waterboys podcast. Have you guys heard of Speedy Plate? They deliver delicious pre-made meals that are ready in minutes right to your door. This is great for everyone who doesn't have time to stop and make themselves dinner or lunch every day. They even have options for picky, fussy eaters like me. Get your first week of meals on us with promo code REDSHIRT and we'll see you at the dinner table. Welcome back to the show. Uh, let's update some polls. Sydney, when was the last time we updated these polls? Because we have <laughs> them ready at any at a moment's notice. But when was the last time we updated a result? Um, I believe when I looked this morning, it looked like back in March was the last time we touched updating the polls. Love that. So very recently. What was the last poll we updated? I don't even remember. Uh, we left off with whether or not you could run a sub 540 if you trained for a year, which was a split vote 50-50. Okay. All right. So next up on the polls, 
Yes, we have. Uh, which are there more of in the world, wheels or doors? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you remember that debate? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, wheels ran away with it, 64 to 35. As well. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay, this one was for listeners only. Do you know who Malachi Smith is? Listeners only? Yeah, it says listeners only. Do you know who Malachi Smith is? <laughs> the answer was no, 84.6%. Do I know who Malachi Smith is? I think it was somebody who you said you had talked about before. He's a basketball player? Yes. Gonzaga. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Shows how much we know. Okay, well, listeners only. Uh, <laughs> Thank God, listeners. We also don't know. Yeah. He was on Chattanooga before, though. He just got to uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. All right. Which are there more of Jags fans or Chargers fans? Chargers fans, 72.2%. No, really. That's incorrect. Interesting. <laughs> there are hold on, hold on. Way more Were we Jags asking fans. Chargers fans all over the world or just in Los Angeles? We did not specify. No, <laughs> there's got to be more Jags fans. Um, okay. Oh, do you wow. keep a water bottle in your car? 60% of people said no. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I do. Uh, next one. Do you want to see more vomiting? 73.3% oh. of people said no. What? Interesting. Couldn't That's a hot more. take. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, moment in the Mexico game because as Teca Stadium is approximately two times higher in elevation than mile high mm. uh, in Colorado. And they were saying that, you know, the 49ers and Cardinals had practiced in different ways to try and prepare their bodies for it and stuff. And early in the game, one of the cornerbacks for the uh, 49ers was down on a knee, and I really thought we were going to get to see some vomit. Darn. Never came to pass. Well, don't worry, listeners. You won't have to. Uh, okay, if you spend $518,000 on a football, do you have money? Yes. Yes. Sounding yes. yes, 61%. That was Tom Brady's yeah. football. His last, his last touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Probably worth like 20 grand now. No, probably not. Uh, have you heard of Vladimir Radmanovich? 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 God, it's been so long, I don't even remember who he is. Uh, no was the answer. About 78% of people said no. Um, he was a Serbian professional basketball player. Oh, is that the guy that got into a fight with the Firk? No, nope. uh, probably not. No, he was like... Why did we talk about him? Um, no, never heard of him. I was on his Wikipedia page before for some reason. Famously. Oh, he has eight. the largest fine in NBA history. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What a good one. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Was it the same thing? That's the whole poll. Mm. Yes or no? Split 50-50. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, 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 what, that's about what you'd expect. The most useless poll ever created. Yeah, it was good. That was good. <laughs> no context and no results. We got our finger on the pulse here. Uh, okay, does Clayton Kershaw have an incentive in his contract for perfect games? 75% of people said no. Wow. I, there has to be. I don't know. A perfect game is not something that comes along every day. Yeah. That's so, why I, I don't think, uh, or maybe, I don't know. Would an MLT MLB team lose their shirt over a perfect game? No. What? Like they have to pay the pitcher who did it like a billion dollars. No. Something crazy. That's what I would do. And then cheat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should college championships get parades? 52.6% of people said yes. Interesting. Well, what we were just talking about, I think, you know, Nebraska won a national championship. That's paradable. I guess so. I think, was I complaining about the Villanova yes, parade? Yes, 
Okay. Yeah. That's, That's fine. What it was. Whatever. Uh, okay. A unanimous answer here. Whoa. Are kids messy? 100% yes. Wow. I don't remember the context, but I agree. Uh, are the Caesars Sportsbooks commercials funny? <laughs> the ones we know. 79% no. Oh, okay. JB Smooth. Not a fan. And not they're fan. trying to make the Bud Knight correlation. Oh, I'm glad you brought up Bud Knight. Okay, who would you rather be friends with? Bud Knight or JB Smooth as Caesar? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 63.6% of people said Bud Knight. Yeah, nice. Bud Knight. He's a man of the people. Yeah. Is I haven't the- seen him in a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay, this was May 1st, if you're keeping score. We're yeah, up through yeah. May. Uh, is the clock ticking on Lamar Jackson? Yes. 71% yes. Wow. Wow. Given that his team is 7-3, and three, I don't know. Given that his defense is... He's still in a contract year. So I guess yeah. given that I, the clock is technically ticking, but mm. I think he's got an answer. Just saying. Uh, okay. Is $35 a high price for goodwill? 75% of people said yes. <laughs> goodwill is in donating in goodwill or I, to purchase something from goodwill. Absolutely. This was the, oh. it was that guy oh. that found the thing at the thrift store. The and relic. Was, yeah. What was it? A rock or a chalice? Rock sounds right. So, it was it's a statue. Like yeah, and you paid $35 is a lot at Goodwill. Okay, yeah. is $15 expensive for a thrift shop? 52.4% of people said yes. $15? $15. See, $15 was what I would pay for a statue at a thrift shop. <laughs> I tried to buy one. So in that context, no. Is it a museum? <laughs> Do horses watch the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> uh, 53.3% of people said yes. Okay. This might they must the, know some horses. I, I mean... Yeah, they have to, right? I mean, they're looking. <laughs> I mean, if they're running it, they're watching the Kentucky Derby. No, but like, have, like from the drivers, you think Mr. Watching. Ed in his stable is? I like, think Mr. Ed is dead. Oh. Mr. Dead. <laughs> Put that on the poll. Is uh, Mr. Ed Mr. Dead? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> okay. uh, hey, does hobnobbing take two hours? Another fifty-fifty result. Oh, <laughs> we got some knobbers. And hobbers. <laughs> no. Hobnobbing should be a get in, get out kind of thing. You hobnob, you get in, you get out. I don't think it takes two hours. Mm. Okay, I stand corrected. I think the last time we did this was May because I just came back to a is McDonald's open on Christmas poll that I retweeted in May. So I think that was the last time we were here. Okay, all right. <laughs> Um, and we'll do one more. Is McDonald's open on Christmas? The updated result from the original poll. Uh, we retweeted this poll and then posted a new one. Is McDonald's open on Christmas? 76.9% of people said yes. Wow. Uh, Mr. I, Ed the Horse was euthanized in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> following the cancellation of the show. <laughs> that might be your best contribution to the show had, uh, ki- ever. Kidney problems and arthritis. Oh. My God, poor Mr. Ed. Um, let's spin this. His wheel. name was Bamboo Harvester. That's what I want. When I ask you something, that I want. Sorry, that, sorry. that is good. I will be honest. When you were talking about the basketball thing, I was already on the Trevor Simeon stuff. That's I what I was it. distracted by. I knew it. I knew there was something. We I'm, weren't oh, talking about that yet. Yeah, but I had Twitter open. I use Twitter as a news source. Let's spin the wheel, Mr. News Source. Uh, what are you? Oh, free parking's up to eight? Correct. Or nine? Did we eight. update it? It's eight. It was seven last time. Let's go. 
Special Olympics. I'm going to do both orange ones because of Thanksgiving. Special Olympics and Children's Miracle Network. Miracle Network? Miracle Network. National Parks. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Yes, National Parks will get the donation this week. Free parking will eclipse nine next week. Wow. Uh, Let's get into our picks because as far as I'm concerned, our our Halloween, our Thanksgiving picks did not go well for me. Uh, I had, man, last two, last five weeks have been so bad for me. They've been good for everybody else. I don't think that's true. Pretty sure I blew it on my last one. Last week, I had Chicago in a pick versus Atlanta. Atlanta won that game. I had New England Patriots plus six against Minnesota. They lost by seven. So, not great for Silas. Evan had Giants plus seven and a half against Dallas. That lost oh, by eight. <laughs> the Rams and the New Orleans Saints, you had the Rams plus two. They lost by more than that. Yeah. So, that's a loss from you as well. Sydney had Minnesota plus a half against Dallas. <laughs> okay, they needed right. <laughs> 40 and a half uh, to cover, so that lost. But she did also have Buffalo minus eight and a half against Detroit, and Detroit made that a very close game. So, rough week for everybody. Wait, you won that, but no, you didn't. Never mind. Nope, Buffalo Sorry. won by a field goal. So, experts, people. We go to week 13. Where are we picking, guys? All right, I will go first. I'm going to take uh, Kansas City minus two and a half against Cincinnati. Okay. I'm getting on the uh, Cincinnati is frauds bandwagon that Silas had started. Mm. Uh, again, just a really close line that I think is uh, too close if you're a Cincinnati fan. Okay. I will be taking Miami plus three against San Francisco. I like San Francisco. I like Miami. I think Miami's both very better. high powered offenses, but this is a chance for Mike McDaniel, former assistant coach of Kyle Shanahan to kind of grasshopper passes uh, sensei, you know? Yes. Padawan passes Jedi? Master. Master Jedi? Not a huge, you know. Not a lot of lore. (laughs) I don't know lore, guys. Yeah. It's just, I think it's, you know, student passing teacher. I know that. You've been to school. I stuck with what you knew. Yeah, I could (laughs) have, but. And Sydney, where what do you have here? Um, I'm taking the Seahawks minus three and a half against the Rams. That's pretty good. Is uh, Matt Stafford alive? No, I just saw a tweet today that they don't know that he's coming back this season. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably for the best. He was very injured from the start of the year. I think he had an injury in his arm or shoulder, and he was working through it, and then he got concussed, and it's probably for the best that, especially given that they don't have any good draft picks. They don't have any, you know, contract negotiations. Just get to the offseason. Figure it out then. You can see who you can, you know, I don't know, maybe work around. They obviously need a running back because they just released Daryl Henderson. So who knows what's going on with the Rams. Good pick, Sid. I was asked to stop dogging on Matt Stafford by... uh by Brooklyn. one by one fan yeah. in particular. So I'm I am holding back on my dogging. Please do. Please <laughs> please actually do. Uh, there are so many better people to dog on. Like Matt Stafford's genuinely a good person. 
Uh, like, dog on Dak Prescott, dude. He's too easy to dog. Dog on Joe Burrow. What a fraud he is. Mm. Well, also, get ready for next week. Nope. I said I wasn't going to mention this game, so never mind. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. That's our show. Oh, Hope God. you liked it. Uh, Evan is going to leave us on the cliffhanger of the century. The Red Shirt Waterboys podcast. Need a refill? Listen to past shows by subscribing to our podcast feed. Stay in the loop by following us on social media. On Twitter, at redshirt underscore pod. On Instagram, redshirt underscore waterboys. Or just email us at redshirtwaterboys at gmail.com.